0: You have your Bibles with you in the book of First Corinthians chapter 11. Thank you, Brother Macari, for giving me the privilege of ministering for the Word of God today. Chapter 11 of verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take eat; this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death until he comes. I would like to preach on this, on this thought a fresh reflection of Calvary. A fresh reflection of God. Can we lift up our hands unto the Lord Jesus Christ? And let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts, to our spirit. Open our mind. Lord Jesus, we come before your presence this morning, O oh God. We pray, O oh God, that you open our heart, open our spirit. Speak to us, O oh God, personally, O oh God. Let the word of God, O oh God, be released in this house this morning. Minister, O oh God, let us hear your voice this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we clap our hands one more time unto the Lord Jesus Christ? Come on, if you are excited, clap your hands louder than that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everybody shout praise the Lord. Praise Amen. We may be sitting. I grew up in a Catholic environment, and I grew up seeing idols and images, you know. And Philippines is probably 95% Catholic. I grew up seeing feast, the food, and every community will just it is a sight for the whole community to see. You know, the parade of all these idols, these images. Sometimes they they dance with them and they they shout and they sing for those idols. They bring they they were so proud of those images and they go around all the all throughout all the whole community just to parade all these idols. I went to a Catholic school for eight years. I even assisted a priest when I was a backslider. Amen. <laughs> in doing his masses, I I read the scripture for the priest. I do all the priests would tell me to do. Don't do that, <laughs> but I did that for eight years. And and in every every room, there's a this crucifix. There's this image of a crucified Christ. Every room, everywhere you go, even. Uh, at least probably almost every house in the Philippines. When you go, there is an altar there. And there is a that crucified Christ with flowers and with candles. And they pray before that idol. And, and, and I used to condemn these people. Because my grandmother would always tell me, if you bring one, that kind of image home, that is a curse. You have to destroy it. So my grandmother would you know, convert people. You know, not convert people, but teach them Bible studies. And then these people will surrender their idols, and my grandmother and I will just destroy them and burn them to fire. That's what, what I used to condemn them. And, and now I realize that, that they do something that not a lot of people are doing. And it's not me telling you to buy all those idols and images, it is still a sin. But they do something. They want to be reminded of what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. They have that image. They, have, they love symbols because they want to be reminded that there is a Christ who died for their sins. And there's a lot, not a lot of people who will try and do the effort of remembering what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. I believe that there is a reason why Jesus Christ instituted the communion. The church. The key word is just like what this table is saying here in remembrance of me. And this is not a message to the unbelievers, to the people who are, you know, who don't know Christ yet, but in remembrance of me, Jesus Christ was talking to the church in, uh, was talking to the disciples, and Paul was talking to the church in Corinth. Let's do this because we want to remember what Christ did. On the cross of Calvary. We don't want to forget that his body was broken for us. We don't want to forget that his blood was shed for my sins and for your sins. This is not just an Easter thing that we do every year. We remember the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is not just an annual thing. He said, let's do this as often as we can. Because as often as we do this... You know, we remember his death until he comes for the church of the living God. I want you to notice that again, he wants the church to remember his death. Not the unbelievers, not the sinners to he- who need to hear about the cross. But for his church, his own disciples to be reminded of what Calvary is. He wants us to be reminded that we are here not because we are part of the United Pentecostal Church. He wants us to be reminded that we are here, not because we are a grandson or a granddaughter of someone who goes to church. We are here not because we are holy or prayerful or fastingful or righteous. We are here because 2,000 years ago, there was a man called Jesus Christ who died on the cross of Calvary for my sins and for your sins. I was supposed to be the one agonizing for my sins. I was supposed to be the one crucified on that cross because of my sins and my weaknesses. I was supposed to be the one enduring that pain at Calvary. And I like the song, the song says, Amazing Love, the song says, I am accepted because Jesus Christ was rejected. I was, I, was, I was forgiven because there was someone who was forsaken for me. I'm alive and I am well because there is someone who died and rose again for me. We have this privilege of coming to church. We have this privilege of praising God, coming boldly to the throne of His grace. You know why? It is not because you are good, but because there is someone who died for you, amen, who who came instead of you, amen, who died at the cross of Calvary. A fresh reflection of Calvary. Fresh reflection of Calvary would make you become grateful for everything you have. A fresh reflection of Calvary will make you enter into His gates with thanksgiving and enter into His courts with praise. A fresh reflection of Calvary will put smile on your face. You might be going through something. You might be going through some struggles and trials. But you know what? There is someone, amen, who you did not experience what he experienced. Just for you to have this salvation, this gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that ought to put smile on our faces. Fresh reflection of calvary will make us clap and sing and dance and rejoice because if jesus endured those nails in his hands for sure i can lift up my hands whenever i go to the house of god if jesus christ you know forget about his reputation And he accepted that humiliation in front of a lot of people. For sure, I can forget about my pride, amen, and sing before God, and shout, amen, before God, and lift up my hands before God. Because there is someone who endured more and worse things than I am enduring right now. If Jesus shed his blood and sweat and tears for me, for sure, I could forget about, you know, other people and just... Give my my God the best praise that I could give to God. Can we clap our hands unto the Lord Jesus Christ? I don't want to sound rude to other people, but whenever I see someone who doesn't want to move any muscle to praise God, sometimes I wonder if they have forgotten what Christ did for them. He was on that, on that cross with nails in his hands. He doesn't have energy. He, he could have sent angels, amen, to bring him down from that cross of Calvary. You know, he, he, could, he, he could just stop everything that he was doing. Doesn't have energy. He's sweating. He's tired. You know, he's, he's spiritually drained. He's emotionally He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? he went through a struggle an emotional emotional struggle spiritual struggle that nobody has experienced and yet he endured that cross he endured that pain of the nails in his hands for you and me and what am i amen coming to the house of god saying god i don't feel like worshiping you I don't like praising you. I don't feel like doing this. I don't have energy. No, no, no. There is someone who died for me 2,000 years ago. If I could give my best praise, I would give my best praise. I will give my best worship to the Lord, Jesus Christ, because I have a fresh reflection of Calvary. Jesus wants the church to be reminded of Calvary until he comes for another reason. He wants you and me to remember that He died for the whole world. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world, so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever will believe in Him should not perish and have everlasting life. You know, we need to have a fresh, view of Calvary to be reminded that Jesus Christ did not just die for me and for you. He died for the whole world. He died for every person, every soul in this community, every single soul in the whole world. He died for every single one of them. We can complain about the homosexuals persecuting the church, but you know what? Jesus died for them. We can complain about the ISIS or the Muslim people coming in and, and doing these negative things in your country. And it is, it is just worthy to be alarmed. But you know what? Jesus Christ died for them. We can complain about the people who use marijuana and abort babies and all these things. But you know what? Jesus Christ died for every single one of them. That doesn't change the fact their sins and how bad we think their sins are. That doesn't change the fact that Jesus Christ died for them. He shed his blood for each and every one of them. There should be, my belief is there should be no prejudice or racism in the church of the living God. We should come against that kind of spirit. You know, I, I, I don't want to become a church of Pharisees condemning the act. Of being with the sinners. How many of our friends are sinners and believers who need the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I, I, I was reading this book of John. Amen. With, with someone every night. And then we went through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and, and one thing we, we, uh, we realized is that Jesus Christ was, has always been seen with sinners. He is not always with, he, yes, He's always with the disciples, you know, but but He's always in eating with the publicans and the sinners. He visited sinners in their houses. He healed their diseases, their sicknesses. He wasn't afraid to be touched, amen, by the sins and the wickedness and the disease and the illness of these people who don't even know who Jesus is. He was always been seen with all these people and I and, and God spoke to me while, while reading these verses, and He said, "You know, it, it, the church is not a Christian church if you don't have time to be with the sinners, because Jesus Christ, the God that we are serving, spent time with the sinners and with the with the publicans." And I don't want to become a Pharisee. I don't want to become untouchable. And this world is thinking that, that that church will condemn me. That church is so holy. They don't have time for my sickness. They don't have time for my sins. They don't have time for my weaknesses. No, no. This is a church of the living God. This is where we bring the sinners. Amen. Just like what Brother Chris said. Amen. They can come to the altar and their lives can be changed. We have to open our doors. We have to open ourselves. Amen. We have to open our life for these people because Jesus Christ died for every single one of them. Yes, so what if they are Muslims? You know what's, what's hurting me? Because I've seen this. What's hurting me is I, I've seen people get so awkward being with the sinners. Who don't even want to be acquainted with any one of them. Don't want to be friends with them. So what if they are Muslims? So what if they are they need Jesus Christ? They need the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that we have. Jesus Christ died for them too. Now sometimes we 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 think sins are just like this. This is a big sin. This is a great sin. This is a small sin. We 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 see it from probably from this, and we see. We see from the side, and we see how high or how low the sin is. But Jesus Christ in heaven sees from above, and you know, sin is a sin. Whether it is homosexuality, whether it is a simple lying, white lies, it is a sin. Who, who, who are we, who am I to judge those other people? who like they, Who like me, they need the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you getting this, church? If we have a fresh... Reflection, a fresh view of cover. We will realize that you know what Jesus Christ died for these people, and I need to reach out to these people. Acts chapter nine, verse thirteen and fourteen. You know, God, God told Saul with Paul. You know, you go go to Ananias, and he will tell you what to do because Saul was a murderer. Saul persecuted the church in the New Testament. Killed a lot of Christians. You have to be afraid of Saul. Mm-hmm. You have to be afraid of Saul. Everybody knows about this Saul. This mm-hmm. So when Ananias, God spoke to Ananias and he said, There will come a guy. His name is Saul. You probably have heard about him. Mm-hmm. He, he will come to you. And you have to pray for him that he might receive his sight. And I have a plan for his life. He, look what Ananias said. Mm-hmm. Lord, I have heard by many of these men. Yeah how much evil he has done to the saints at jerusalem yeah. next verse and here he had authority from the chief priests to blind to bind all that call on thy name i don't want to pray for him i don't want to be acquainted with this guy i don't want to go to him and pray for him he is a bad guy he's an evil guy he might kill me he might he might persecute the church it, 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 this is a dangerous plan, God. Dangerous plan. I don't want to listen to you. And Jesus rebuked him. He, Jesus said, you don't know what I'm going to do. With this soul of with this soul of Tarsus. He might be a murderer, he might be a persecutor of the Christian, but you don't know what I'm going to do with this sinner. And and I came to tell you this morning, you don't know what kind of life that God will give to that sinner outside the church. You don't know what kind of life I mean that, that homosexual or that, that Muslim guy I mean would have if he would just have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. But God is waiting for the church of the living God to open the doors of our hearts, amen, for these people and to go to them and pray for them, amen, and teach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to them. Because again, Jesus Christ died for them. The Calvary is for them. The Calvary is for them. Jesus Christ was known as Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. You you rarely, especially in the Philippines, when we when we pray for the sick, when we rebuke these demons, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be thou healed. You know, you've never heard about where he actually was born. You know, you probably heard this thought: he was born in in Bethlehem. He was born in that city of David, that that royal place, a place for the royal people, a place for the, for the elite people. He was, Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem, yes. but he was never known as Jesus of Bethlehem. Jesus Christ of Bethlehem. You probably, when you hear someone in the name of Jesus Christ of Bethlehem, you probably think he's crazy. <laughs> he was known as Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And, and Nazareth is not a good place. Even that disciple, I forgot who's that disciple. He he said, Is there anything good that will come out of Nazareth? He is from that guy who was he, that disciple was from Galilee and, and not a good place, too. And him coming from that evil place, he said, he is also disdaining, humiliating that place called Nazareth. But Jesus Christ didn't want to be acquainted with the city with with Bethlehem, with the town of Bethlehem. He wants to be acquainted with Nazareth because Nazareth is a place for the rejected. Nazareth is a place for those who are hurting. Nazareth is a place for the sinners. He doesn't want to be acquainted with those people who don't need God. He wants to be with the people who need the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to be with the people who are sick, who are lonely, who, need, who are broken in their hearts. Amen. Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. To seek and to save that which was lost. Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Then he drew near unto him all the publicans and the sinners. Jesus Christ was eating with them. Eating with them. And the Pharisees, you know, these holy people. Pharisees and probably the Sadducees. Holy people obey the law every, every day, every night, 24-7. They pay their tithes. They fast probably twice a week. They pray 25 hours a day. Pharisees, you know, and the Pharisees came to Jesus Christ, and, and, and the Pharisees said, you know, this man received sinners and eateth it with them, and Jesus Christ actually responded to them with a parable, and he said in verse 4, what man of you having a hundred sheep and lose one of them, would you not leave the ninety-nine? And look for that one lost sheep until you find it. The love of the shepherd compelled him to go after that one lost sheep. He had 99 already. But this shepherd risked living the 99 just to look for that one lost sheep. And sometimes we forget about that one lost sheep. Sometimes we forget. Or probably not you, me. I, sometimes I forget That one lost sheep. And get comfortable in the sheepfold. And not not go out of the sheepfold. Amen. To look for that one lost sheep. But Jesus Christ did. Jesus Christ did. There is a a statement that I heard somewhere. And the statement said, you know, sometimes we forget about that one lost sheep until that one lost sheep is you. Until that one lost sheep is you. How about us? Jesus Christ did not stay in the sheepfold. But how about how about me? How about the church? How about us? You know, do do, do we have time to get out of the sheepfold and look for that one lost sheep? Or are we satisfied being the sheepfold? You know, being being nurtured by the shepherd. You know, being, being fed by the shepherd, being, in the green pastures, and the, all these beautiful things. But Jesus Christ did not stay. And I, th- I know how difficult it is. You know, I, I don't care probably how difficult it is. We shed many tears for them. You know, I don't care how many tears we shed, but we will look for that one lost sheep. We will look for that one lost sheep. Because Jesus Christ died for that one Lost sheep, and when we find that one lost sheep, we will put it in the sheepfold and we will go out and find another one and another one. Amen. Find every lost sheep because Jesus Christ died for every single lost sheep in this world. We will never lock eyes with somebody that Jesus Christ did not die for. We will never find, we will only stop reaching out if we find somebody. That Jesus Christ didn't die for. And I am telling you right now, every single one of them, Jesus Christ died for them. Calvary is for them. That 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 blood that was shed from the cross of Calvary, it still flows, not just for the church, but also for these people. It reaches the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley, not just for you and me, but for these people. I don't care what kind of sin they have, what kind of life they are living right now. Jesus Christ died for every single one of them, and I will do everything I could do, amen, to reach to that one lost sheep, that prodigal son, and I will not condemn them. You know what Jesus Christ did? What that shepherd did? When he found, when he found that lost sheep, you know he did not condemn that one lost sheep. What he did is he 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 took that sheep, brother Morehouse. He put it on his shoulders, and, and he said, "You know what? Let, let's just go home. Let's just. I don't care how how many years you've been lost." I don't care how many, uh, what you, what did you, how foolish you are. You, you left the 99 and do your own way, do whatever you wanted to do. But you know what? I'm going to pick you up. And I'm going to put you on my... And there are a lot of people who think that when they go to God, when they go to that church, they will condemn me. When I go to that place, they will condemn me. That there, the God that they are serving there is a God with this poker face and then when you talk to this God who has a poker face, you know, he will condemn you. He is unapproachable. You cannot approach him. That's a lot of what people, a lot of people are thinking. When I was a kid, that was my thinking about God. When I commit mistakes because I grew up with, you know, authorities above me. And when I commit a mistake, all, all I can see is a punishment. I grew up in that environment. You know, and so my view of God is that God is this God that you cannot approach. That He is a, you have to be afraid of this God because He will punish you, He will condemn you. And yes, God is holy, but on the other side of that coin, God is also love. His mercy endures forever. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting when we go to Him. Amen. He will not condemn us. He will forgive us of all our sins and our mistakes. He will put you on his shoulder right close to his ears, because he, his ears is still open. Amen for your prayers. His stills are still open for the cry of the sinners. His stills are still open for the cry of this world. I don't want the church to be known. As an unapproachable church. I want the church to be known as a place for the hurting. I want the church to be known as the place where sinners can come to God. And they can ask the Lord to forgive them. I want the church to be known. Amen. I want this altar to be known. Not to condemn people. But when I go here. Amen. There is forgiveness. There is grace. There is mercies forevermore, Amen. There is love and there is joy. Amen. In the church of the living God. Do you want that church? And God is actually depending on us to show this picture of the church. To show this picture of who really God is in our life. He, is way, he, he will not come down and tell that sinner, you know what, when you go to that church in repose, they will not condemn you. God will not do that. But God is dependent on each and every one of us to portray a picture that you know what there is. The blood is still working. It still works up to this day. I know it was said 2,000 years ago, but the blood still works. And if it worked for me and Brother Ivan worked for you, it can also work for them. It can also work for them. It will never run dry. Amen, the blood will still flow in their life. And we have this responsibility, church. Amen, to picture, to portray a picture that Jesus Christ loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him will not perish but He, He is not willing that any should perish. He died for you and me. He died for every single one of them. His blood, amen, was shed for you and me. And we have to portray this picture to the world. Amen. We have to reach out to them. We are the extension of God's love and mercy. Some of them will never hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are the only people that they can see. We are the living epistles of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the walking Bible. You may, not be, you may not be teaching a Bible study right now, but just being with them. But just visiting them when they're lonely, when they're sick. Amen. They may not be from this church. They may not yet be a part of this church. But you know what? Amen. When you go to them and be with them, just remember them. Amen. You are the only epistle that they can read sometimes. We are the only epistles that they can read. And if we will just portray this picture, because I have heard a lot of people say that. I've heard a lot of people. And it's sad to, for people to see to, to, to think that God is unapproachable. Unapproachable. But there, we, are, we are serving a God who is rich in mercy. Do you believe that, church? Can we clap our hands? We are serving a God who is rich in mercy. Rich in mercy. I think I'm... There is a video that Sister Sandra here will play. And, and, and let's watch this video again. And this is a summary of what Peter preached in Acts chapter 2. Amen. I believe there's a uh, music for that too. This is a, usually a Christmas song, but let's, let's listen to it.
1: i because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned, and I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me, because you died.
0: thank the Lord for that, for what He did on the cross of Calvary. Come on, church. Can we honor Him for what He did on the cross? He didn't have to do that for you and me, amen, but He chose to do it for you and me, amen, because we want, He wants us to be reconciled to Him. Wants us to be reconciled to Him. Peter preached this message. He died on the cross of Calvary for you and me, and then the disciples the people asked, Men and brethren, what shall we do? It is a sinner's sincere question in response to what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Because this this thing is so real and true that we, we can't just sit here and do nothing. He died for me, I have to do something. He died for the whole world, I have to do something. And he said, they said, they asked men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For the remission of your sins, you shall receive the Holy Ghost. That's a sinner's sincere question. But today, this morning, is there a sincere question from the church? Men and brethren, what shall we do? Knowing that Jesus Christ died for them too. For you and me. Men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do, church? Knowing that Jesus Christ died for the whole world, what shall we do? Knowing that Jesus Christ died for the homosexuals, for those sinners whom we think sometimes that they don't have a future, what shall we do? Knowing that Jesus Christ died for every backslider, for every friend, for every neighbor that you have. What shall we do? What shall we do? What shall we do? I want the love of Christ to constrain me to do something. I want the love of Christ to compel me to control everything I do every single day. Amen. I will have a fresh view of that Calvary and it will compel me amen, to reach the love out of and Christ to live a life amen, that is compels, compels to the us, us, controls Jesus us. Motivates yes. Second Corinthians. Let, let this discovery, Amen, always remind us we have to do something, Church. We have to do something. We have to do something in response to what the Lord Jesus Christ did for you and me. I don't want to face the Lord Jesus Christ one day and say, God, I receive whatever You did for me, but I didn't do anything else. Yes. And I believe that blood, if it has a voice. It is still crying up to this day, Brother Morehouse. It's still crying for more souls to cleanse. still crying for more spirit, for more sins to wash away. That's that blood that Jesus Christ shed. It is still crying up to this day. Can we stand today, at the church? What are we going to do? A sincere question from the church. A fresh view of Calvary. What should I do? In response to what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. Amen. There is a song. I heard Brother Chris saying this before. But do not uh, let me walk too far from Calvary. Do you know that song, church? And that has a good message. Sometimes we need another trip to the Calvary. Sometimes we, we need a, another trip from where Jesus Christ was carrying that cross. That, that, that place of suffering, that, that, that Villa Dolorosa, you know, that, that, that roadway to Calvary, that roadway of agony. Sometimes we need another trip. You know, sometimes I want to be that person, that Simon, <laughs> who helped Jesus Christ carry the cross because I want to feel, I want to feel the burden of that cross. I want to feel the burden of that cross. I and mean, can we lift up our hands before I open this altar this morning? I and mean, can we close our eyes and let's have probably a fresh view. I and mean, can we imagine, can we see the Lord Jesus Christ on that Calvary? Amen, I shedding His blood, amen, I for this whole world. Can we have a fresh view just one more time and talk to the Lord Jesus Christ as we sing. Don't let me walk.
1: hallelujah. Hallelujah
0: too far from Calvary. Oh, yes,
2: Lord. Hallelujah.